Hey friends, welcome to Real Stories of Life with God, a podcast with a pretty explanatory title, because that's what we're here for, a conversation with real people about their unique life with God. I'm your host, Chelsea Eubank, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. For those listening, we have been friends for a while, mm-hmm. but we're, I'm pumped about being able to talk to you in person mm-hmm. for the podcast, a little selfishly. Um, so give us a little context about you. Uh, I am married for almost nine years. I have a seven-year-old son and a almost five-year-old daughter. And I am a missionary overseas. I've been in East Africa for a year. I'm home in the States now. And my family and I are getting ready to go to West Africa for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And I've been in ministry for mm-hmm. 11 years now. At the International House of Prayer mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mary Grace was cute. She was like, I'm four and a half. And then she told me when her birthday was. And I'm like, well, you're basically almost there. I think you're past four and a half now. You're almost five. That's what you could say. She, like, almost five. She learned about being four and a half <laughs> pretty close to being five. <laughs> and she's very jazzed to be four and a half. So she just won't let go of it right. I mean, till the day she turns five, basically. Which is great. Being four and a half. The half just adds so much value, <laughs> you know. Two of my questions come from Matthew 22. Jesus is asked which commandment in the law was the greatest. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. So our first question is, what currently stirs your love for God? Um... For me, the thing that stirs my love for God the most is turning my mind towards Him and my heart towards Him constantly and just holding an awareness of what He's doing, what He's saying, what's happening. I feel like when I have, when I really tried to find who He is in every situation, I find Him in ways that I didn't expect and that I love Him so much. Every time I see him more, I love him more. There's never been a time that I've learned more about God and haven't loved him more mm. because of his perfection. Mm. So for me, the thing that stirs me the most is the learning about him. Mm. And the learning about him for me is as simple as seeking. Looking. Mm-hmm. And I've boiled down in my mind the question to, instead of asking him, what are you doing? Or how are you using this? Mm. I really just started asking, who are you? And whatever the situation is, if I'm having conflict with my kids or I'm having big picture, I don't know, uh, like our timeline for moving to the missions field Mm -hmm. or little things, big things, whatever it is, I've just come back to the question of who are you? Mm. And then I see him more, I learn him more, and that always makes me love him more. It was a lot of years into my adult life that I started paying attention and recognizing that he was in everything. Mm-hmm. So does it always come natural to me for you? Yeah, definitely not. I would say for me, the turning point, well, there's been a lot of little turning points, <laughs> but the turning point in recent history was when I started asking who God was in my most painful memories Mm. and searching for God, not just in joyful things, but in painful things. And I think I was always afraid to ask 
Because my fear was, if I'm looking for God in a place of pain, I won't find him and I'll end up accusing him. Mm. And I don't want to. So I'd rather Mm. not look and not ask. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that I don't have to wonder, where were you? Mm. But when I've started looking there, I've always found him. And then that brings me so much joy and so much love for him. The real experience of like what has stirred my heart for him the most has been seeing who he is in the most painful places. Mm. Yeah, I guess there is a part of us that even in like a practice of silence or solitude or something, we don't like it because what if he doesn't show up and I'm mm-hmm. just sitting here doing nothing? It's like, mm. it does not lessen him. For me, I have started seeing a much bigger picture Mm. that incorporates all of those characteristics of Mm. him that makes things make more sense. So like, for example, illness or death. Someone very close to me recently was diagnosed with cancer. And I think my background theology has always been like, well, we don't know why bad Mm. things happen or we don't know why things like that happen. And as I've dived in more, I'm like, well, there is a why. Mm -hmm. Not a specific why as to why in this moment for this person. But there's an overarching story, Mm -hmm. right? That God's writing for humanity. Mm -hmm. And the story is that our sin and our fallenness broke this perfect place. Mm -hmm. But instead of fixing it immediately, he chose to write a story of redemption that's a longer version because he chose to give us a part to play. Mm. We get to be a part of redeeming the world with Mm. him. And so the existence of these painful things, cancer, death, poverty, they are wounding, but they are here Mm. because we get to be a part of the healing. Mm. And he hasn't taken them away yet because of the story he's writing and the work that he's doing. And that gives me such confidence in who he is. It makes me feel so thankful, Mm. even in the midst of things that I don't like, I don't Mm -hmm. enjoy. I don't want someone I love to have cancer, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel angry. Mm. I feel at peace. That's a huge gift. Man, I could camp out there for a while. What your what you your original response asking the Lord and still seeking and looking for Him? It's amazing. What currently stifles your love for God? Mm-hmm. I can think of a lot of things, <laughs> <laughs> and the the temptation for me is to go, well, when other people do this, so when my kids act <laughs> this way, and when I can't find the things that I want or whatever, <laughs> all these external things, mm. and I know that's not the real answer. The reality is what stifles my love for God is basically the opposite of what stirs my love for Him when I am internally focused in a way that doesn't open my heart to Him. When I'm not looking for Him, when I'm not wondering who He is, when I'm going through the day with the questions of, am I doing enough? Am I good enough? Who am I? That causes me to miss him so much mm-hmm. that it's difficult for me to love him. 
because I'm not seeing him. Are there prayers or scripture that helps you reorient quickly? Mm-hmm. Or is that just like a workout? You know, it's just a practice mm-hmm. of like, I can pay attention. I can feel it in my soul when I'm, you know, trying to meet my needs, at, like turning inward mm-hmm. maybe. Um, is there anything that you've kind of found that you're like, this this phrase helps me or this prayer helps me or this habit helps me reorient more mm-hmm. often, you know? I am a very... Um, reorienting person. I reorient many, many times a day. So there's many phrases and thoughts Mm -hmm. that I come back to. For me, one of the key verses that's been so impactful for me has been Psalm 73, 28. Mm -hmm. Asaph says, as for me, the nearness of God is my good. Mm -hmm. So that verse has been very reorienting. And then when I started this journey of looking for God in my most painful places. One of the conclusions that I came to, one of the ways that I boiled it down in my journal was the idea that God is giving a gift in every Mm. situation. And the gift that he's giving is always nearness. Mm. So that phrase, always nearness, has been something that's stuck with me. And I come back to that phrase a lot in situations where I feel scattered or my Mm. brain is discouraged or whatever is happening, I bring that to mind and I remind myself always nearness. God is always doing something and that whatever he's doing, his goal is to give me himself, Mm. his closeness. So I just have to open my heart to that. Yeah, be available. Love that verse too. Why about fill in the blank? The truth that God is blank means a lot to you because blank. I'm just going to go with what came to my mind. (laughs) The truth that God is sovereign means a lot to me because I am not in control. I feel I have a lot of control issues. I like (laughs) control a lot. And it's very helpful for me to come back to the reality that I'm not very strong Mm. i do not have as much impact Mm. as i think i have Mm. i don't have as much authority as i think i have i am very very out of control Mm. and that will never change coming back to his sovereignty Mm. which hopefully the more you see him the more you learn about him the more you love him the more whole of a picture Mm -hmm. the more experience of his nature Mm -hmm. the more easily that trust comes Mm -hmm. the more we know, the more we love, the more we experience, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess, because maybe some, some people who are going to listen to this, maybe the sovereignty of God feels so just big and distant Mm -hmm. and, but he's going to allow things that I don't like or that are painful for me. Um, but almost rising above that and saying, but the thing he always has available is our best thing, Mm -hmm. the best thing for us Mm -hmm. always, no matter Mm -hmm. what is happening. You know, there's always something in the midst of that that we can mm-hmm. cling to that's exactly what we need and what's mm-hmm. helpful. I think we underestimate so many things about God, mm-hmm. and we also underestimate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we think that we are really great at making decisions <laughs> because we think of ourselves as very smart, mm-hmm. very altruistic, right. very wise. Capable, very capable. Yeah. And I'm like... Well, the more and more I see God, I'm like, wow, I have a lot of selfish motives that I'm not aware of. 
I have a lack of wisdom and understanding. I have a lack of foresight. I can't know what's going to happen. So coming back to things may not play out the way that I want, but I would rather God be making the choices and not me. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's something he was put on a sticky note, put everywhere. <laughs> Remind myself. Because <laughs> it is true. I really don't want the control that I like to fake that I have, you know, or that I think I want. Yeah. You know, when it really comes down to it, I don't want to be in control. I don't want to be in charge because mm-hmm. I'm not purely kind and good. Yes. You know, and he is. So even if something happens that doesn't go my way or how I would want or hope, I mean, maybe this is just a faith conversation. It just takes trust to say you're still who you are and it's still perfectly good. Mm-hmm. I remember reading, hearing someone say that you don't mature into more independence spiritually. Yeah, you can't. You mature into dependence, yeah. greater dependence, right? Yeah. And as someone who hates to be needy mm-hmm. and hates to be weak, mm-hmm. that was always a point of contention for me. I'm a self-sufficient, I struggle, you know, I'm a, like a, I can do it, you know? I'm expected to do it. I can, I can handle it. Um, but when I realized how, how much he wants to take that I tend to withhold from him, how much lighter could I walk around in life? How much freer could I be if I let him be God and let, you know, receive from him what he wants to give me and, and walk with him in that way? Okay, our last question is, what is something you're looking forward to? Hmm. Something that I'm looking forward to. That's a really great question. <laughs> the thing that I'm looking forward to the most right now is buying a car. Because <laughs> I, neither me nor my husband currently own a car. <laughs> I haven't owned one now in three years. <laughs> is that like a crazy feeling? It's weird. Well, I did talk about it with my husband because... I have had this very, very strong desire to get a car, mm-hmm. and it takes patience, and I have not mm-hmm. been feeling a lot of patience. So we had some good conversation around, well, what, how would that impact me if we got a car? And hmm. the realization that I had is that we are selling our house, and there's not a lot of things that we can take with us, and yet the car that we're planning to buy will be something that will go with us. Mm. So it's really just some semblance of permanence that I yeah. want. I want some sense of this thing is mine <laughs> and I get to keep it. I picked it out. You know, I bought it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what I want. That's a good point. That's something I'm looking forward to. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Feeling willing to talk to me. So it's awesome. This was really fun. It's wonderful. Listening friends, it means a lot that you added us to your day today. Thank you so much. Wherever you find yourself on your journey with Jesus, I hope you finished this episode with your faith cheered, refreshed, or strengthened. Until next time!